a cuppa and a good chinwag? The story has real-life stories to inspire and make you smile. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the app. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Neil with you, the Tuesday edition of 2020, a conversation I think that you will enjoy and there'll be elements of our conversation you might be challenged, you might even be shocked uh, in some of the elements of our conversation today. My encouragement to you to lean in just that little closer to the radio because an important conversation, as you may be aware, state governments around Australia have been racing to enact what so many consider to be the worst abortion laws in the world. You may have heard that the latest state in Australia to be debating an abortion-to-birth bill is South Australia. They're debating their bill today. Now, this bill would allow abortion after 23 weeks gestation, when a child is capable of being born alive, up to and including birth. It would allow babies to be killed simply because they are female. And babies born alive during an abortion would be left to die. In South Australia, a poll even shows that 71% of South Australians don't support late-term abortion. Now, as a Christian, the usual biblical position we hold is a pro-life one, where babies in the womb have value because they're people too, created in the image and likeness of God. We're turning our attention today to community attitudes to abortion and our special guest, long-time pro-life campaigner, Graham Preston, who leads Protect Life. He's back with us today. You'll be shocked to know that Graham Preston has been jailed six times for his efforts to defend babies in the womb. He is a tireless campaigner driven by Christian faith and not afraid to be arrested, even tried, imprisoned. And, of course, uh, he has been tried in the highest courts of the land. Graham Preston, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Graham, I've just been trying to think uh, how long it is I've known you now. And uh, and I, I say this proudly. I've known you for around 25 years. And uh, back into those days in the 1990s, and you were just finding your feet. And uh, this tireless, courageous Graham Preston was coming to the fore and uh, over the years uh, there's been tremendous uh, uh, opposition to the sorts of things that you do. Let's just come back to this idea of uh, being jailed uh, six times. Uh, Listeners would be shocked that in Australia you could be jailed just because you have an opinion like this. Uh, Just give us a little account here of what happened to you. Well, I think it's got to be clear that um, I certainly expressed my opinion. It was probably because where I expressed it that... uh, led me to end up being in jail. We have been, my wife and I, involved with the pro-life movement for over 30 years and uh, we came to the conclusion that we needed to act consistently with what we said and to say that a child is killed at an abortion clinic needed a, a response that met what those strong words are saying. And so we engaged in non-violent direct action, that is sit-ins in front of the doors of the abortion clinics and so that's what's led to being in jail was our willingness to sit in front of the doors and put ourselves between the baby that to, is to be killed and those that would kill them. And uh, our refusal to move resulted in being arrested and going to court and ultimately going to jail. 
you know, there is a difference, isn't there, that you describe. It's one thing to say, I'm a Christian, I'm pro-life, I think babies in the womb are people too and they have value, rah, rah, rah. But when it comes to actually doing something about that, uh, there's so many of us happy to understand that there's something that we can hold intellectually, knowing that that child in the womb is a real person who needs protection. It's another thing to actually, to actually say, I'm going to take action or support those who are taking action to actually try and help that stop. Yeah, that's true. It is a very big step to take to put yourself out there in front of the community. Uh, as they say, if you put your head above the parapet, you're likely to get shot. And that's very much the case. If you stand up, and don't back down, then uh, people will try to take you down. And so it is It is very, very challenging and something that I haven't found easy at all and continue to find a challenge every day. I go out on the streets uh, to keep speaking up because our, our society has certainly turned away from a pro-life position. 30 years ago when we began, people were much more sympathetic to our views, uh, but sadly... That's not the case now. Many people are quite aggressively pro-abortion. I think many have guilty consciences from having had an abortion or being involved in helping someone get one. And what they want is to have this hidden away, forgotten about, and nobody paying attention to it so that they can live with their consciences. And when someone comes out and points out what's going on, many people get uh, angry about that and just try to make you go away. Now, 25 years ago when we first met, you had a few less grey hairs than you have now. And, uh, and you know, there's been a lot of, you know, jail terms and arrests and uh, arguments and abuse on the streets that you've put up with all that time. Uh, no doubt there's, uh, you know, there's a few of those grey hairs been caused through some of the stresses that you've gone through. But let me ask you, at the beginning of a conversation like this today, uh, with those few extra grey hairs, uh, the idea that there might be some sort of succession plan in place, that there might be a whole army of, Graham Prestons, who are coming up behind you. Uh, I know this is a challenging one, but um, how are people about this idea of being as active as you have been? And uh, would you like to see a few more takers on the side? Yes. uh, Just recently, a good friend of mine who's been involved with the pro-life movement as long as I have, Anne Dowling, uh, said to me how we need to be getting more people involved with what I've been doing uh, just simply being on the streets for a start. And I know pro-lifers have annual rallies and marches and so on, and people get out once a year. Uh, but if people don't happen to see us on that occasion, they don't realize we've been there. And so for many years now, I've gone out uh, different times of the day, but often in the morning during peak hour on the side of a busy road, holding signs so that it reminds people of what's happening and challenging them to take it seriously. And uh, Anne said to me, well, we need to encourage others to be doing the same in their own locality. And so we're going to be promoting uh, having others in pairs. I often have gone out on my own just simply because nobody's gone with me. But uh, we're going to encourage people to find a friend to go with them and uh, at a time of the day when it suits them uh, in a locality where it's busy, near where they live perhaps, to go out and uh, perhaps on a day when we might all encourage people to go at the same day, but um, at the very least to go when they can so that people can see, well, it's not just one crazy person out there. There's lots of crazy Christian people who care about this. And uh, 
so we think that this is the worst thing that uh, people can be allowed to get on with life as if this isn't happening but we don't want our society to be able to ever forget that every day dozens hundreds of lives are deliberately taken in our cities and suburbs and uh, we want to keep that before everyone and so we're encouraging people to get in touch with us and let us know that they're going to join us and we can provide pictures of the unborn baby, encourage them to make their own sign with a statement on it that they are happy with and uh, to let us know and uh, join us out on the streets. I mentioned that South Australia is debating today their latest abortion push uh, to this, uh, you know, up-to-birth abortion. Uh, no doubt you've seen over the years uh, just how one state after another, because if you think that South Australia is the first one just testing the laws here, uh, this has happened in Victoria, and the ACT, in Tasmania, Queensland, WA, uh, New South Wales. Uh, all of these states have very similar laws, abortion all the way up to birth. And so South Australia, uh, I mean, there's this debate going on uh, today. What are your concerns that South Australia is just about to fall over the line, they're going to be the next state? Yes, it'll be a tragic thing if they do. And I mean, it's a bit of an irony in that South Australia was the first state to very much liberalise their laws back, I think it was 1968. And so in one sense, they were ahead of the pack, but now they're the very last ones to totally decriminalise abortion if this goes through. So there's been easy access to abortion there for a very long time, but this will formally take it out of the law altogether and just make it a a medical issue like the other states have done. And so, yes, it it will be a, a very, very sad day if every state in Australia, every territory in Australia now have effectively made abortion on demand up to birth available in this country. And uh, yes, it will be a great tragedy if this passes. Graham, you are renowned for standing on the streets and you like to carry a sign. You're not afraid to go to even, you know, in amongst uh, pro-abortion people and uh, carry your sign uh, very courageously into the middle of the fray. Uh, Some people would say, well, you know, what are you doing there? Are you there just to antagonise the group? But it brings a very powerful, strong message. How do you describe the idea of courage that's necessary, whether you are going online and engaging in a social media debate or whether you are on the street holding up a sign and there are real people looking you in the eye Mm. and uh, sometimes looking daggers at you. Uh, Courage here, Graham. Uh, What's necessary? Because if if, if all of these things are gone through, there's clearly not enough courage that's actually uh, bringing a a strong point to to resist these things. Yeah, it's... um I guess it ultimately comes down to what one's conviction before God is. Do we believe these lives matter to God? And if so, then we need to be willing to speak for the defenseless, as we are told numerous times in the Scriptures, speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. And so that needs to be the motivation that we have, that we are being willing to be God's spokespersons for the defenseless, And so that is the attitude I endeavour to go out with each time. And um, I I think that uh, it is important that faces are seen to the statements that we make, that um, it's easy to ignore a faceless billboard, but when there's a human being there making a statement, I think it does speak to people's hearts a lot more strongly. And, And that's why I'm wanting to see more people join 
us out on the street so that uh, people can see, well, that person just looks like an ordinary person, but they're wanting to speak up about this. And I think that is going to help because, you know, a lot of people have said to me, especially in the last couple of years, they say, oh, you know, you lost. What are you doing? You're just wasting your time. You lost. And I think, sadly, probably that is the case. A lot of Christians think we have lost and have given up and, and gone on to something else. But I take the attitude, you never lose until you give up. And if we as Christians don't give up, we haven't lost. And it doesn't become okay now just because it's legal to abort a child and we can live with that. We can't live with that ever. And we must be willing to say no uh, and continue to speak up and never give up because if we believe these lives matter, well, they still matter. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Wonderful to have you with us and a heart-to-heart conversation today about community attitudes when it comes to this issue of abortion because clearly the Christian response when it comes to abortion isn't having the desired effect of rolling back the laws. So something has to happen and perhaps the response needs to be increased. Well, what a wonderful opportunity today to have our special guest, pro-life campaigner Graham Preston, who has been imprisoned six times because he has refused to lie down and go away when it comes to support for babies in the womb, the unborn, and uh, who will protect those who can't speak up for themselves. Well, our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316, and you can respond to today's Facebook question, which asks, would you take a pro-life message to the streets if you knew emotional people would be abusive or police might arrest you? And uh, just great to be able to uh, introduce the first caller who's called in from Tasmania is Penny, who has had a connection uh, with the uh, work of Graham Preston. Hello, Penny. Welcome along. Hello, Penny. Welcome along. Now, oh, something, uh, something's astray here. Hello, Penny. Penny, I've got you. Penny, I've got you. Hello. How are you? <laughs> good. I'm good. How are you, Graham? Hi, Penny. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, and you? Penny. And thank you for your email. All right. Penny, you had connection with Graham some years ago and it came through a conversation maybe a little bit similar to this one today and uh, and you and your husband Ray decided to stand with Graham on the streets in Tasmania. Give us us a little bit of background as to what happened to you when you did that. Well, we... um, The police stayed around for a little while and talked to Graham and um, they obviously knew him and um, and then they asked us did were we going to move on and we decided to stand our ground and we said no and so from that we were arrested they asked each of us and uh, so then we went to the police station and um, went through a process and then we had a court case and then Graham eventually went to 
the High Court in Canberra. And, but we've kept in contact with him um, over the years. That was 2014. 2014, and a special honour to you, Penny, and to your husband, Ray, because uh, even as I'm asking on our Facebook question today, would you be brave enough to go out on the streets? And and you did that, and I must say that when that connection happened through a conversation just like this, I was a little concerned, thinking, oh, my goodness, uh, someone's responded to Graham, and now they've gone out on the street with Graham, and they've been arrested too. So, uh, uh, but, you know, you've got this connection here with Graham. Graham... Penny and Ray, they're just demonstrating a little bit of this bravery, this courage that we're talking about because community attitudes are changing so dramatically. What are your thoughts for Penny as she's on the line? Oh, yes, I have great uh, admiration for the two of them because they joined me that day and uh, knowing that because uh, this was when we were challenging the new bubble zone laws that had been introduced in Hobart, uh, not allowing you to say anything against abortion within 150 metres of the location. And so when we went that day, we knew we were likely to be arrested and they came with me and, um, as she, as Penny said, held their ground and uh, were willing to, to go to court and, and all that entailed. So I'm very appreciative of their uh, willingness to stand with me. And I would point out, though, that to just simply stand on the street and anywhere doesn't normally result in... Um, uh, getting arrested. It was just because we were testing at that point those new laws about uh, the bubble zones. So I go out most days uh, now in the mornings and don't get arrested. Occasionally the police will stop and occasionally uh, they give me a hard time. But generally speaking, people shouldn't be concerned that they will be arrested just simply for standing on a street corner with a pro-life sign. Uh, Penny, any? Uh, did you want to offer a thought or two for Graham? Yes, I'm, I'm waiting for you to come back to Hobart so we can do it again <laughs> right, okay. and, and te- test other, other um, laws that they w- think they want to throw at us. And um, we've got Jesus behind us and he's standing up there holding a big sign with a cross on it. And I just... Um, not a hero type person, but I tell you what, he's he's one of my heroes. All right, Penny, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. You can respond to that twenty twenty Facebook question today too, uh, Graham. When people are concerned that you might be inviting them to stand on the street with you and uh, in some sense here, break the law. Uh, Sometimes we'd call that civil disobedience. Uh, The idea that a Christian might stand on the street and break the law, some people have got a problem with that, but but when you've got something so so dreadful as abortion happening to this extent in Australia, what are your thoughts for people who might be concerned about whether you're breaking the law on the street? Yes, I would want to make a clear differentiation for listeners in that... uh, when we've done the direct actions and non-violent sit-ins at, in front of the doors of the abortion clinics, that's one thing where clearly um, the law can be brought against us for doing that. But for simply standing on a street corner, so long as you're not within 150 metres of places where abortions are done, that is pretty much not a problem. Uh, as I say, even just doing that, though, I have been arrested a number of times for that and gone to court, 
and I've either been successful or the police have just simply dropped the charge. And the reason I've been willing to get arrested simply for doing that is that sometimes uh, intimidatory tactics can be used just to try to uh, see if you'll just give up and go away because often the only way to test a law is in court and if you don't get arrested and end up in court to test it, well, you you just can't test it. And so that's why I've always been willing not to back down and uh, be willing to go to court and win cases and uh, have it shown that simply doing what I do most of the time is quite allowable under the law. Uh, that has been established and that's probably why the police for the last two years haven't arrested me at all because they have seen that they've lost and haven't really had a case against me simply for doing that. And so uh, for listeners, if if you are thinking of, of possibly doing the similar sort of thing to myself, you generally will not have to worry about having any problems with the law at all uh, and uh, just be willing to, to hold your ground and, and, and have your say because we're allowed to do that. Taking calls, let's hear from Erica on the Gold Coast in Queensland. Hello, Erica. Welcome. Yes, good morning. I was born in a communist country and abortions were absolutely illegal back then. They needed the population. So what is it with Australia? We don't need the population. Um, yes, it's hard standing on a corner, um, as your, as Graham has been doing. I was doing that at the Queensland elections, um, handing out leaflets for a party, which actually not for a party at all. But anyway, um, and one old gentleman stood there and he said, what are you doing this for? And I said, because uh, I would have been an, an abortion except they weren't allowed. He said, so you should have been. Uh, uh, <laughs> My wow. response was, God bless you, Jesus loves you. Mm. What else can you say? <laughs> yes. Well, in fact, uh, there's something profound in your ability to say that, Erica. Uh, your thoughts for Erica, Graham? Uh, good on you, Erica, and that's exactly the right response. And uh, bless those who curse you, and that's my response to all of those that do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, many of these are disturbed people, unhappy people, and uh, we need to pray God's blessing in their lives and not let them upset us, but uh, care about them. Erica, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. To join in our conversation today, let's take another call in the lead-up to news. Jason is on the line from Melbourne. Hello, Jason. What I do is I say, God bless you, Jesus loves you. Simple as that. Easily smash the mind. Reverse the bed and I tell them, be nice to them. Okay, well done, Jason. The thought of two for Jason? Oh, yeah, well, that's right. Say that and, uh, and mean it. And uh, that's the best thing we can do, yes. Rather than get engaged in wild arguments and things, just uh, pray for God's blessing upon them, yeah. Jason, thank you so much for your call. The idea that people will be angry, uh, that they may in fact be abusive, uh, this sort of thing, Graham, just have to have your wit. You have to be prepared for that to happen. Oh, yes. You, if you're going to be willing to do this, you have to go with the awareness that uh, there will be a percentage of people that will not respond in a favourable way and uh, quite aggressively. I mean, all sorts of things have happened. Anybody who gets my um, reports will know. I let people know what happened. So you you can't be uh, naive about this. You have to go with your eyes open and trust in God to, to help you through it because, uh, I mean, often nothing major happens. Other days, very 
major things happen. Graham, uh, let me ask you here. This, with what's happening in state parliaments all around Australia, uh, and uh, putting through all of this dreadful legislation, uh, abortion right up to birth, I can't help sometimes but think that this could be just a, a forerunner to what is even worse than all of this. The idea that people could have a simple telehealth appointment and have a prescription written and sent to them in the mail that they would take and an abortion would happen in their very own home. What are your concerns about what's happening with the abortion pills right now? Well, I mean, the bad news is, Neil, is that telehealth abortions are already happening in Australia. They have been for a couple of years. And so that is possible, particularly for people who live out in the country who haven't got ready access to an abortion clinic. They can do that. And uh, so that is already happening. Here in Queensland, uh, where I live, there are 41 locations where a woman can get access to an abortion, either surgical or by the abortion pill. And this is a phenomenon that's been seen right around the country, that ordinary doctor's surgery is just your local family clinic you might go to. You might want to check and find out from them, do they now offer the abortion pill? Because literally there are dozens of them that do. And uh, if you find out that yours does, well, I would encourage you to have a strong word with them and uh, take your custom elsewhere because we should not be supporting local doctors who on the one hand might help a woman with her prenatal care and then on the other hand the next patient offer her the abortion pill to kill her baby. And uh, we should not just uh, accept such um, um, uh, double standards and uh, be willing to, to address it. Now, there is. I said there might be some things we'll talk about. Some people might squirm, but uh, if we tell people where they can find out if their local doctor is actually prescribing these pills, uh, we might have to point people to a pro-abortion website. Uh, where do people find out? Now, you could be in a every, every state and territory around Australia, uh, in a big city, a country town, a little remote community. How do you find out if your medical centre is prescribing these abortion pills. Yes. Well, one way to do it is just simply if you have a regular medical centre you go to, just simply ask them. But also you can go to the Children by Choice website and just click on abortion there and you'll run, scroll down and you'll see that they will tell you uh, what the locations for where you can get an abortion are in each state. So uh, you can find out that way also. Now, you're based in Queensland, Graham. How many uh, medical centres around the state of Queensland now are, are prescribing these pills? Yes, there are 41. There are about six or seven that will provide surgical abortions and then the rest will all provide the abortion pill. And no doubt other states and territories that have had this abortion uh, law, these abortion laws in place for even longer than Queensland, they would have perhaps more medical centres. How does how do you think the numbers go? Oh, I know in Victoria it's well over 100 now. So, uh, yes, it's becoming very commonplace. And uh, unless there's pushback from the community saying, well, I'm not going to go to a, a doctor's surgery that provides abortion pills, there's, you know, temptation for them all to go down that path and you know sadly so many doctors are losing respect for human life and are willing to do this and uh, we need to you know be willing to say well I'm not going to go to your practice if you are willing to to do this. Taking calls 1-800-316-316 let's hear from John who is in Point Cook in Victoria. John welcome along. 
Hello, how are you? Good, thanks. Good, John. What are your thoughts for our conversation? Well, I'm pretty, look, I'm really upset inside, mate. I've, what what I've seen, a, I saw a film on abortion, mate, and it just makes me sick to my stomach. What they do, it's like, I couldn't talk about it, mate, because it's just so dramatic and terrible. So your little babies, up to three months, you know, that they've got legs and everything, and, and they feel pain. And they and, and what they do to the baby, mate, I just can't. Ex- I won't explain it, mate, because it's just it's too terrible. Yeah, you know is. what they do to the baby; they take parts off and this and do that. It's just absolutely. Look, I, I'd just like to know, mate. Look, I, it's just traumatised me, mate. I had a mum and dad. I was born. These people are saying have abortions. These doctors and these governments, especially the Labor government, sorry, but they're the Labor mainly, and they're the Greens parties, and they're advocating this. And they're saying to do this. And those people had mum and dads, and they didn't have abortions. They were born and had a life. What are they thinking about that? Uh, you know? And, yes. And these little children, mate, it's just absolutely terrible, mate. It's demonic. It's just so evil. It's, I can't understand how people can do this to other people. You I know, agree with you, John. Pedophilia. They talk about pedophilia. They talk about changing little children into, into um, Boys and girls changing their sex because they feel this yep. way. The parents let, haven't got any right to say anything. Let's keep uh, the focus here on the issue today. Uh, Graham, your yes. thoughts here for John? Yes, well, John, you said three months, but uh, as we've pointed out, that virtually everywhere in Australia now will allow abortions to be done right up until birth. So here in Queensland now, you can get abortion for without having to give a reason, up to 22 weeks of gestation, and then right to birth if you can find two doctors who are agreeable to do it. So there's nothing to stop them just so long as they're willing to do it. Uh, and that's pretty much the case right throughout the country now. And as we said, if South Australia passes their bill, it'll be the same there as well. John, thank you so much for making some very good points in your call today. one 316 if you'd like to make a contribution to our conversation. And you can respond to on our Facebook post And the question we're asking today on the 2020 post on Facebook is, would you take a pro-life message to the streets if you knew emotional people would be abusive or police might arrest you? Let me reflect a a a, a comment or two and get your uh, impressions along the way here, Graham. Belinda says, no, it's being antagonistic and just asking for trouble. A quick response for that sort of comment? Yes, well, that's not unusual to have people say that, even from Christians. And there is no doubt that, uh, I don't know if antagonism is the word, but it certainly does provoke a response. And I think that, on the one hand, we do not set out to deliberately cause people to be unhappy and arouse uh, bad memories. But at the same time, we cannot just simply be silent about what is happening. We also need to help warn people so that others don't make that same mistake. I mean, for somebody to be able to say to the church, well, you never warned me that abortion was not going to be a a, a helpful thing for me. Why didn't anybody, anybody say anything to warn me about doing this? And I think we've got to take that very seriously. If we're silent then they can say that to us. Why didn't you warn me? So we need to be out there telling people that abortion takes a human life and so that everybody knows what they're doing beforehand. And then those who have been hurt to try to offer them help so they can seek forgiveness and restoration. Karen, responding to that same question, says, I go to the March for Life where protesters are 
However, Graham Preston and Kathy Club and other champions are the most courageous, godly people and should have the support of every Christian. You've got a friend or two uh, responding there today too, Graham. And just to, just to mention Kathy Club, uh, she was a part of that same uh, action that went all the way to the High Court. Yes, that's right. Yes, Kathy Anish from Melbourne. Uh, she was we the two of us were in the High Court case, but which unfortunately we we, we lost. And this question that we're asking today says, and uh, it, it's a it's a question you've got to think about. But would you take a pro life message to the streets if you knew emotional people would be abusive or police might arrest you? Mark says, "Yep, it's against God's laws." And do not worry what man can do to your flesh, as God has your soul. Uh, there's a Christian sentiment in here, Graham. Your thoughts for for Mark in the idea of fear God rather than man? Oh, that's absolutely the case. And uh, if we fear people, well, we'll end up doing nothing. And so, yes, we must take uh, God's words to us to not fear people. And, uh, and then we will be have the strength to be able to make that stand. And I'm not trying to say this is an easy thing to do. Clearly it's not. But if we are relying on God to give us the grace and strength to do it, we can. I want to draw attention to the idea that there's a gross hypocrisy in those who are supporting abortion law and uh, and then all of a sudden will turn around and mourn the life of a child lost in the womb. Uh, just recently, of course, there was that dreadful, atrocious incident that happened uh, in the state of Queensland where... Uh, a young man, uh, allegedly drug-fueled, uh, ran a red light and eventually that led to the death of Matthew Field and Kate Ledbetter, who were walking their dogs across a major intersection in Alexandra Hills in the city of Brisbane. Uh, they were mowed down in Australia Day crash and she was expecting a baby. I think the child was around six months uh, already uh, in uh, the womb there of Kate Ledbetter. And then all of a sudden there was this this challenging thought, is that a baby? And, of course, uh, there were some who would have said, Graham, that, uh, well, you know, the baby's in the womb, just a part of the mother, uh, doesn't matter, just a group of cells there. Uh, interestingly, they named the baby. The baby's name was Miles. Uh, what were your thoughts as those that story was unfolding yeah. just recently? The, the the funeral was earlier this month. Yes, yes, it was very interesting to hear all the news reports because they always said that a pregnant woman, and it just seems as you just said, Neil, very much a double standard that. Uh, there was extra concern because she was carrying that life. And yet, as a society, we turn a blind eye when similar children to those are taken inside an abortion clinic and are killed. And people just say, well, so what? Uh, we really can't have it both ways. I think this tragedy just goes to show that deep down we all do recognize that there is a child there and it is a great, terrible thing when those lives are taken but for all sorts of reasons, we're willing to turn a blind eye to their destruction. And uh, I, I think we, we have to face up to this double standard and say, well, no, we can't just live with this. We must be prepared to say that these lives do matter and, uh, and act in such a way as to show that they do matter. Deep down, we know that's a child inside, but somehow or other, this disconnect, because our legislators, surely they must have this 
deep down they know feeling as well, but they're afraid uh, to speak up. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I would point out that here in Queensland that uh, since 1997, if a person assaults a pregnant woman and causes the death of that child, then they are liable to life imprisonment if they're convicted. Now, that law hasn't gone. So even though abortion has been completely legalized in Queensland, it's still the case that if a person assaults a pregnant woman and causes that child's death, they can be sent to jail for life for killing the child. And I always point out to people, you know, what if that pregnant woman had been on her way to the abortion clinic? You would have had an identical outcome. The child would have been killed in both instances, but one where she didn't give permission to the assailant to kill her child, that's a crime. Where she gives permission to the abortionist to kill her baby, that's not a crime. Now, a person's life cannot just simply, the value of it, disappear on the whim or on the decision of another person. If a life is valuable, they're always valuable. And yet that is the case in Queensland. We recognise the value of that life, but if the woman wants the child to be killed, well, that's okay. But we cannot say that's okay. Let's take another call. Chris is on the line from Melbourne. Hello, Chris. Welcome. Good day, Neil and Guest. Yeah, yeah I just think you can um, turn around that uh, argument that people throw at you at, at a big, about it being emotional Yes, yes, you can say to them, it is emotional. It does cause great distress. That's why you should join me and warn other women not to do it. So mm-hmm. I think you can turn it around on them. And um, and also, like, uh, you know, you can kill a bird or snake or something and get fined a horrendous amounts and get put in jail. But to kill a newborn life, you know, you're scot-free. Graham? Yes, that's quite right. In many ways, uh, animal life is protected better than unborn human life. And uh, again, that just shows how, how double standards we have. And uh, yeah, we, we just should not remain silent about this. And I think this is the temptation, especially for Christian people, now that the laws have made abortion legal throughout the country, that we just we give up. But we must not. We must continue to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. Chris, thank you so much for your call. Let's take another call. One more, perhaps. Uh, Trevor in Chinchilla in Queensland. Hello, Trevor. Welcome. Welcome to you too. How are you going? Very well, Trevor. What are your thoughts? So my thoughts along the lines of um, they took the unborn child out of the UN Human Rights Law in 2017, one year before the Labor Party in Queensland legalised abortion fully here. So the rights of the unborn child at an international scale has been minimised. And that's part of the problem, and that's sort of what opened the gates, the floodgates, even worldwide, for this carnage to continue. But the other side of the the argument is, as a Christian, and, and we're Christians, my wife and I here, we fight for the unborn child as an organisation, but... Um, you know, what we've found is Christians do not want to stand up. And this is what we can't understand. Anybody with a strong Christian background, it should be a no-brainer for people to step up here and stand strong as Christians as a body of Christ and argue for the unborn child, whatever that takes. Yes, I agree with you completely. But I think, you know, sadly, I think many in the church want the community to like us, and that's understandable. We don't want to be disliked, and people think, well, if the church takes a strong stand on this, people will get angry with us, they won't want to have anything to do with us, and we won't be able to win them to Christ. But I think that's uh, 
very seriously wrong. We have to, and we're told to, to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. And if we fail to, it lets the community think, well, these lives don't matter. What really, what's the value of human life? And uh, we as Christians are saying human life does matter, but if we're not speaking up for the defenseless ones, well, we're, we're failing to do what we should be doing as Christians. And so, yes, it might make us unpopular, but we have to be willing to wear that in order to be true to our convictions. Uh, Trevor, what's the name of the organisation you're leading in Chinchilla? Rights of the Unborn Child. So we're an international organisation, but we're based in Australia. Good. Good. Well, Trevor, thank you so much for calling through. Uh, we won't take any more calls. Uh, running short of time, I do want to talk about one other thing that that you've got. Uh, it's a bit edgy, I might say, uh, Graham Preston, but you were inspired in one of your uh, stints in jail uh, to do something that would just be a wonderful way to cut through and reach out to people and perhaps get a pro-life message online. Uh, you've got a website, and uh, some people might be shocked. Uh, the website is called atheismforkidsandteens.com. Uh, give us a little impression here as to what people would see if they go to a website that's entitled atheismforkidsandteens.com. Yes, well, my thinking with this was, this was, as you said, one of the times I was in jail, it came to me that so many people are willing to say they're atheists, increasingly young people say that. And I think that they haven't really thought through what are the implications, uh, what does it mean if atheism is true or should be true. And so I thought I would set it out in a format that's easy to read, that uh, young people might pick up. So I've done it in a small comic form. And uh, the original one I wrote was called Quella's Question. And since then, I've done another half dozen. And most recently, I've done one that's specifically about abortion called Freedom of Choice. And so all of those comics are on the website, so you can read them there, and they're also downloadable for free. And so I would encourage people to make use of them, read them. As I said, there's seven of them now. You might find some particularly that you think are better than others. And uh, you are welcome to print them off and distribute them as you like. And as I said, the most recent one is specifically about the abortion issue. And it comes from a, quite a different angle to a lot of other pro-life things. And uh, they're in an easy format. Take a couple of minutes to read and uh, give people something to think about and talk about with them. And your website, which is called atheismforkidsandteens.com, uh, is technically a Christian website, uh, yes. but uh, you recognise that maybe people might not click on a website if it had Christianity for kids and teens, so you've just uh, turned things around there and uh, given an opportunity for people who are aligning themselves with atheism to actually take their thoughts on a progressive journey through a very simple, easy-to-read comic book form uh, to say, this is what you really believe if you say you are an atheist. Exactly and right. So yes. uh, I might just say uh, a clever way to approach that and a creative way, and some listeners might want to go and uh, check out atheismforkidsandteens.com. Perhaps you could recommend it uh, to some kids and teens who are uh, aspiring atheists to let them know where they're going. We have run out of time, Graham Preston. Uh, it always is just a pleasure talking through these issues, and there's plenty more we could uh, continue on with, uh, and we'll make another time, another day, to uh, to unpack some more here. I do want to just mention a number of websites 
that you might be able to connect with. Uh, you can connect with Graham Preston at uh, his website called protectlife.info. Now, it's protect-life.info. You have to be a little bit precise with that to be able to get to that website, protect-life.info. There's also the Priceless Life Centre, Graham, that your wife Liz uh, just courageously and uh, tirelessly is is, uh, in charge of, and uh, and it's a a centre in Brisbane, and it's uh, there protecting mums who are going through all of these challenging times about abortion. Uh, Just a very uh, quick 30 seconds on... Yes, that's a crisis pregnancy centre that provides counsel and practical support for women and couples in difficulty due to unplanned pregnancy. So we felt we can't just simply say no to abortion. We must be willing to provide the help. And so that centre has now been running for 27 years, always looking for other helpers. And uh, please put people on to that if uh, they are in any need of help during an unplanned pregnancy. And uh, always encouraging to know that there's these multiple dimensions of how you approach these things. So you're not just the guy, rain, hail or shine, standing on the street with a sign. Uh, You and your wonderful wife uh, leading the Priceless Life Centre, actually providing that practical support. So pricelesslifecentre.org.au and I mentioned the atheismforkidsandteens.com. Lots of places for listeners to go and Graham just to finish off on this idea we started talking about it a little earlier Uh, there is an opportunity for listeners to connect with you and to even be someone who would be on the street with you uh, see what it feels like when you've got police cars wandering by and checking you out and uh, people who might even be emotional and abusive to you on the street Uh, you don't mind if someone comes and stands alongside you and and, and connecting with other people interstate as well. Yes, we're encouraging people wherever they are uh, to get in contact with us and we are just wanting to encourage people to go out in pairs uh, at a time that suits them and the location that suits them to be willing to speak up and uh, make their voice known. So please get in touch with me and don't be frightened to do so. Uh, we would be standing with you and encouraging you through anything that you might be willing to do. All right, challenging times ahead, but this is the reality of where we're at in Australia. Protect-life.info. Graham Preston, thanks so much for joining us and sharing your heart with us on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.